This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. All right, welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Michael here with you, and I am in the studio with Pastor Craig Jarvis. Yep. We have a doozy of a question. It goes like this. Will Hitler's punishment in hell be worse than others? Maybe we can set like a baseline, Craig, and just say there's probably no one in hell who's like, I've got it better than you've got it, right? I mean. (laughs) Okay, the hardest part of this (laughs) is going to be talking about this subject (laughs) and not ridiculing it a little bit because, you know, it's. This is a pretty serious thing, right? The, the, it is. The but topic. There's but also a problem that maybe our listeners need to know about. Nobody we wants were, to go to hell. Well, no. We were telling jokes like and laughing a lot before we started recording. So there's a little bit of like lightheartedness in the room, and yet the subject is not. No. So, not lighthearted. Um, all right. We're serious. Ready? Okay. Now let's talk candidly. Yep. You were going to say. Yeah. So I, there's just no way somebody's going to go, well, I'm going to hell, but I'm going to the better parts of it. Oh, there, yeah, yeah. It's not like, you know, like I'm going to hell to party. It's going to be amazing. Like there's nothing. No. God gives us specifically visions into what hell is going to be like. Yeah. The little statements here and there. Jesus Christ himself talks about hell a whole lot. And uh, this is a place you don't want to be. Nowhere near it. Doesn't matter what level you're, you're shooting for. You don't want to be anywhere near it. Yep. A lot. A lot of people don't realize how much Dante's Inferno has actually culturally and subconsciously informed some of our views of hell. And in Dante's Inferno, you have layers and levels of hell where the punishment gets exponentially worse given the layers. And uh, that book is not rooted in scripture per se. It was uh, it's, like he didn't read the Bible and say, "I'm going to go to this text and then draw out some kind of narrative." Um, but just to give an illustration of this, and I can't remember who, but it was actually last week. I've talked with a lot of people between today and last week, apparently. I was talking with a pastor. The pastor says to me, did Jonah light a fire in the belly of the whale? And I said, that was Pinocchio. <laughs> it was a completely serious question. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, that was in Pinocchio. And uh, I'm like... Wow, even Pinocchio, it's making its way into like how we view Jonah and that story. And it's funny, though, because uh, even as I think about Jonah in the belly of the whale, do you know what image always comes to mind? Weeds wrapped around his head. Pinocchio in a whale. <laughs> That's funny. Like, Don't leave I'm that open for me text, because I'm going to go right to scripture there. <laughs> right, right. Sorry, pastor. Um, when I go, when you I think read. think Pinocchio, I think scripture. Totally. When I read Jonah and I, you know, whatever, like that's what's going through my head. It just so informs it. And so this is actually another example of how um, even like Dante's Inferno has informed so much the cultural notions of hell. And, and then we've taken that in passively through movies and conversations and TV shows and magazine articles. And, and, uh, and so that, I think that's an interesting Insight, but I think the the good question is would be like what does scripture say? So here's a passage in Matthew eleven. And sometimes this might be where we would go to assume that there's different levels. And it's kind of interesting. Jesus is talking to this group of people who he has done miracles in their cities and they've rejected him. And he says, Woe to you, these mentions these different cities for the mighty works that are done. If they had been done in Tyre and Sidon, the ones that have been done in you, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes, which, you know, that's, that's pretty understandable. But if you read down a little further, he says, and you Capernaum, 
will you be exalted to heaven? You'll be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. That's interesting. And so I think it talks more about uh, the heart of the people that are seeing the miraculous deeds of Jesus Christ and not responding to them. They're choosing to ignore them. They're choosing to slough them off and say that they're done in the name of Beelzebub or whatever. But they're not saying that these are done um, by the Son of God. And that's why Jesus says it's going to be more tolerable for these other places than for you. And then he finishes this off by saying, but I tell you, it'll be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you. And we all yeah. know that Sodom Sodom got crushed in real life by yeah. fire and brimstone. And so they went right from there to a place burning in fire and brimstone. Yeah. So it's um, it's really remarkable, I think, and I, because it talks more about what the expectations of for people who lived in Jesus' day, who saw his miracles, who saw the evidences that he was God done through the power of the Holy Spirit, when the lame are walking, the blind are seeing, all mm-hmm. his prophecies being fulfilled, and yet choosing to reject that, choosing to believe instead that these miracles are done in the power of the devil. And mm-hmm. I think that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, you got to work really hard to reject the fact that, that God is at work right in front of you. Yep. Luke chapter 20, toward the end, uh, he's rebuking publicly the Jesus is the scribes and he's talking about um, all their hypocrisy and and then it talks about how in verse 47 of chapter Luke chapter 20 it says they devour widows houses for a pretense and they make long prayers and it says this they will receive the greater condemnation now what's unclear about even that statement is the condemnation a verbal condemnation a public condemnation is it speaking of a harder punishment in hell. And I I think with both of us, I think, um, tell me if I overstate where you're personally at. Um, It's just hard to conclude the nature of hell, but the idea of a caste system of like some levels are like better than others. um, It's like, I just find it inappropriate or not accurate to talk about any level of hell as preferable. Because the whole thing in and of itself is disastrous. And the best of what hell might have to offer is beyond anything bad we could imagine here. So there's a parallel to this also, which is a lot of people believe that there's like a caste system in heaven. And you could ask the opposite question and and what are rewards and crowns and and how does all of this work and mansions, whatever. But um, it's it's really, really hard to get your head around how in hell, um, the greater the evil is punished correspondingly and appropriately versus in heaven, how the good things that we do are rewarded in in a way that is fair and just and honoring to God and doesn't take away glory from Jesus Christ. And so I think there's just a lot of unknown here. And uh, so for me, I just kind of step back and I just say, how about we just avoid hell in general? That's a good place to go. Yeah. And when we are able to observe what happens, which by the way, I firmly believe, and Craig, you can just debate me on this and I'll change my mind if you can do better. But at the end of Isaiah, speaking of the new heavens and the new earth, Isaiah says that it's like the, literally the last verses of the book. Isaiah says that um, the righteous ones, the the people of God are going to look upon the dead bodies of those whose fire will not be quenched, whatever. Jesus actually takes all of his imagery of hell from uh, Isaiah and it's speaking in terms of a new earth. And Somehow, at the end of all of this, there will be not just a singular resurrection, but a double resurrection. 
uh, the resurrection of physical resurrection of people who have rejected Jesus to eternal fire and the people who have have faith in Jesus to eternal life. But there seems to be something so physical and tangible. And Isaiah even alludes, I mean, alludes as an understatement. He actually says that you know, the people of God will go look upon the dead bodies of those uh, who are in hell. And so um, whatever we see, however it works, whatever it looks like, here's going to be our response. Number one, nothing will be unfair. And number two, we will probably give God more glory because we deserve that. And Jesus took that for us. Yeah. And it's very interesting not to debate whether or not we can look upon them or, or not in the end yeah. times, but it's, I mean, it's, it's just what the Bible says. It's not <laughs> <laughs> uh, could Polk. be could be imagery could be imagery. but let me uh, uh i think it would be really liberal careful of us really <laughs> good theology <laughs> if we pointed out that hell was not created for humans no human was ever supposed to go there when jesus christ like i said and angels that's right jesus talks about hell more than any other subject almost in scripture and uh, one thing that he says in the book of Matthew, he says in verse 41 of Matthew 25, then we'll, he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed into eternal fire. Interesting, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I, I was hungry and you gave me no food. He goes on talking about that. So doesn't like your view of the omniscience of God, like make you want to say, come on, Jesus. Like when you, when you formed the concepts of hell, you knew who was going to go in it. Perhaps. But it doesn't change the fact that it wasn't designed for them. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And so I agree. Yeah. It's just, I always think in terms of omniscience and future knowledge. And I'm like, mm. yeah, rebels were meant to be redeemed. Yep. That's why Jesus came. And the fact of the matter is, all of us are. We all fit in that category. If we give our lives to Jesus Christ, he will generously and without holding any grace back, he'll redeem anyone mm -hmm. who comes and asks him for forgiveness. And when that happens, our eternal destiny has changed from the place that is created for the angels and all the rebels that began so long ago. Yep. And we begin, we join the ranks of those who voluntarily bow the knee to Jesus Christ for all eternity. Yep. So it's a change of heart, a change of mind. And we, I would recommend any of our listeners to really examine this instead of living for the here and now only. Think mm -hmm. about where your eternal destiny is and recognize that everything has been done to prepare you a place where you can spend eternity with those who love Jesus Christ, and that is available to you. You don't have to go to a place prepared for the devil and his yep. angels. No matter how it all shakes down, I think in good conscience, Jesus could probably look at everybody in hell and say, this was unnecessary. Mm. This route, there, there was a better way. Yep. So with that, we're going to come back Wednesday. This Wednesday, we're going to respond to all of our listeners' questions. Yeah, that would be fun. From our Explore God series. And the question that Craig and I sought to answer and respond to was, is there a God? So I know at uh, Bartlett, we've already had a bunch of questions come in. I haven't looked at East yet. So Craig and I are going to be back in the studio. We're going to go after that. And it's a fun subject, isn't it? Like, it is. I, I had a blast preaching that. How long did you go? I went 42 or three minutes. Yeah. I wasn't. Oh, was I kept, yeah, you were probably like an hour and a half. Oh, man. Given, it was like everybody was waiting to get out the door. So let, let's, have a little, <laughs> let's have a little like uh, behind the scenes curtain moment here. Okay. Um, so Craig and I, um, yeah, about 90% of the time, I would say we preach the same sermon, yeah, yeah. but we're very different preachers. We have different perceptions of things and, uh, but we share an outline and direction. We I'm do working the same up to your stuff. level. Getting up Yeah, there. that's not true. Um, so, but what's fun is we get to send our sermon notes back and forth yeah. when we remember. And so we steal stuff from each other like all the time. Yep. Which is a lot of fun. And and so anyways. By the way, I quote you every time I steal something from you. Don't, don't do I'm that. I'm expecting that you do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. 
I feel like I lost integrity <laughs> right now. You do. I listen to every one of your messages, yeah. and you rarely quote me. Oh, I've never heard you quote me once. Michael said, <laughs> "Really? Did you hear about the cheese shop in Nazareth? It's called Cheeses of Nazareth." <laughs> That was courtesy of our producer, Dan, just so we can give all glory and honor to Jesus Christ. But my point in saying that is if we move to Israel, Please stop saying that, that is going to be the name of the Please. store I open. And I'm from, I lived in Wisconsin, so, you know, I'm Kurds. Oh, it's going to be, that's going to be great. Anyways, the point in saying that is uh, it's very fun. So what you hear with Craig and I is actually our sermons um, really do build off each other. But when you listen to both of them, we preach such different messages. I know, yeah. How do two people swap notes, have the same outline, the same text, the same title, the same main point, and literally preach two such different sermons? But anyways, I digress. We are going to be preaching or having on Wednesday, we'll be going through the questions on is there a, is there a God? Um, if you're listening right now and you're still with us at this point, <laughs> God bless you. But, Good um, for you. Yeah, you're amazing. Um, but if you text VC Sermon or VC East Sermon, to 555-888. It opens up a text thread where you can submit all of your questions on our sermons. And if you submit them before Wednesday, the Wednesday after the sermon is preached, uh, Craig and I will look to uh, address those questions on our Wednesday episode. So I want to invite you to do that. VC Sermon or VC East Sermon, uh, 555-888. And we'll go after those on Wednesday. And then let me tell you what's coming up on Friday. On Friday... The question is, should I skip church for my kids' sports games? Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that, don't even listen. I'm what fine. other reason do you need? I know. I mean, priorities. Man. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon.